Book One, Chapter Fifteen of the Mystical City of God, Volume Three, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book One, Chapter Fifteen of the happy death of St. Joseph, and what followed upon it, how Jesus our Redeemer, and Blessed Mary our Lady, assisted at his passing away. Already eight years, St. Joseph had been exercised by his infirmities and sufferings, and his noble soul had been purified more and more each day, in the crucible of affliction and of divine love. As the time passed, his bodily strength gradually diminished, and he approached the unavoidable end, in which the stipend of death is paid by all of us children of Adam. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 In like manner, also increased the care and solicitude of his heavenly spouse, our Queen, assisting and serving him with unbroken punctuality, perceiving in her exalted wisdom that the day and hour for his departure from this cumbrous earth was very near. The loving lady betook herself to her blessed son and said to him, Lord God Most High, Son of the Eternal Father and Savior of the world, by thy divine light I see the hour approaching, which thou hast decreed for the death of thy servant, Joseph. I beseech thee, by thy ancient mercies, and by thy infinite bounty, to assist him in that hour by thy almighty power. Let his death be as precious in thy eyes, as the uprightness of his life was pleasing to thee, so that he may depart in peace and in the certain hope of the eternal reward, to be given to him on the day in which thou shalt open the gates of heaven for all the faithful. Be mindful, my son, of the humility and love of thy servant, of his exceeding great merits and virtue, of the fidelity and solicitude by which this just man has supported thee and me, thy humble handmaid, in the sweat of his brow. Our Savior answered, My mother, thy request is pleasing to me, and the merits of Joseph are acceptable in my eyes. I will now assist him, and will assign him a place among the princes of my people. Psalm 115, verse 15 so high that he will be the admiration of the angels, and will cause them and all men to break forth in highest praise. With none of the human born shall I do as with thy spouse. The great lady gave thanks to her sweetest son for this promise, and, for nine days and nights before the death of St. Joseph, he uninterruptedly enjoyed the company and attendance of Mary or her divine son. By command of the Lord, the holy angels, three times on each of the nine days, furnished celestial music, mixing their hymns of praise with the benedictions of the sick man. Moreover, their humble but most precious dwelling was filled with the sweetest fragrance, and odors so wonderful that they comforted not only St. Joseph, but invigorated all the numerous persons who happened to come near the house. One day, before he died, being wholly inflamed with divine love on account of these blessings, he was wrapped in an ecstasy which lasted twenty-four hours. The Lord himself supplied strength for this miraculous intercourse. In this ecstasy he saw clearly the divine essence, and manifested therein all that he believed by faith, the incomprehensible divinity, the mystery of the incarnation and redemption, the militant church with all its sacraments and mysteries. The Blessed Trinity commissioned and assigned him as the messenger of our Savior to the holy patriarchs and prophets of Limbo, and commanded him to prepare them for their issuing forth 
from this bosom of Abraham to eternal rest and happiness. All this most holy Mary saw reflected in the soul of her divine son, together with all the other mysteries, just as they had been known to her beloved spouse, and she offered her sincerest thanks for all this to her Lord. When St. Joseph issued from this ecstasy, his face shone with wonderful splendor, and his soul was entirely transformed by his vision of the essence of God. He asked his blessed spouse to give him her benediction, but she requested her divine son to bless him in her stead, which he did. Then the great queen of humility, falling on her knees, besought St. Joseph to bless her as being her husband and head. Not without divine impulse, the man of God fulfilled this request for the consolation of his most prudent spouse. She kissed the hand with which he blessed her and asked him to salute the just ones of limbo in her name. The most humble Joseph, sealing his life with an act of self-abasement, asked pardon of his heavenly spouse for all his deficiencies in her service and love and begged her to grant him her assistance and intercession in this hour of his passing away. The holy man also rendered humblest thanks to her son for all the blessings of his life, and especially for those received during this sickness. The last words which St. Joseph spoke to his spouse were, Blessed art thou among all women, and elect of all the creatures. Let angels and men praise thee. Let all the generations know, praise and exalt thy dignity, and may in thee be known, adored and exalted, the name of the Most High, through all the coming ages. May he be eternally praised for having created thee, so pleasing in his eyes, and in the sight of all the blessed spirits. I hope to enjoy thy sight in the heavenly fatherland. Then this man of God, turning toward Christ our Lord, in profoundest reverence, wished to kneel before him. But the sweetest Jesus, coming near, received him in his arms, where, reclining his head upon them, Joseph said, My highest Lord and God, Son of the Eternal Father, Creator and Redeemer of the world, give thy blessing to thy servant and the work of thy hand. Pardon, O merciful King, the faults which I have committed in thy service and intercourse. I extol and magnify thee, and render eternal and heartfelt thanks to thee, for having, in thy ineffable condescension, chosen me to be the spouse of thy true mother. Let thy greatness and glory be my thanksgiving for all eternity. The Redeemer of the world gave him his benediction, saying, my father, rest in peace and in the grace of my eternal father and mine, and to the prophets and saints who await thee in limbo, bring the joyful news of the approach of their redemption. At these words of Jesus, and reclining in his arms, the most fortunate Saint Joseph expired, and the Lord himself closed his eyes. At the same time, the multitude of the angels, who attended upon their king and queen, intone hymns of praise in loud and harmonious voices. By command of the Lord, they carried his most holy soul to the gathering place of the patriarchs and prophets, where it was immediately recognized by all, as clothed in the splendors of incomparable grace, as the putative father and the intimate friend of the Redeemer, worthy of highest veneration. Conformably to the will and mandate of the Lord, his arrival spread in utterable joy to this countless gathering of the saints by the announcement of their speedy rescue. It is necessary to mention that the long sickness and sufferings which preceded the death of St. Joseph was not the sole cause and occasion of his passing away, for with all his infirmities he could have extended the term of his life, 
if to them he had not joined the fire of the intense love within his bosom in order that his death might be more the triumph of his love than of the effects of original sin the lord suspended the special and miraculous assistance by which his natural forces were enabled to withstand the violence of his love during his lifetime as soon as this divine assistance was withdrawn nature was overcome by his love and the bonds and chains by which this most holy soul was detained in its mortal body were at once dissolved and the separation of the soul from the body in which death consists took place love was then the real cause of the death of saint joseph as i have said above this was at the same time the greatest and most glorious of all his infirmities for in it death is but a sleep of the body and the beginning of real life her spouse having thus passed away the great lady began to prepare his body for burial according to jewish custom no other hands touched him than her own and those of the holy angels who assisted her in visible human forms in order that the utmost propriety might be observed by the virgin mother god enveloped the body of saint joseph in a wonderful light which hid all except his countenance and thus his purest spouse although she clothed him for burial saw only his face sweetest fragrance exhaled from his body and it remained so beautiful and lifelike that the neighboring people eagerly came to see it and were filled with admiration accompanied by the redeemer of the world his most blessed mother and a great multitude of angels and escorted by their friends and many others the sacred body of the most glorious saint joseph was borne to the common burying place but on all these occasions and in these occupations the most prudent queen preserved her composure and gravity without allowing her countenance to exhibit any unwomanly or disorderly excitement nor did her sorrow prevent her from attending to all that belonged to the service of her deceased spouse or her divine son in every one of her movements was visible the royal and magnanimous behavior of the queen of the human race she reiterated her thankful acknowledgment of the great favors done to her spouse by the son of god and prostrate at his feet in new abasement of humility she said to him lord and master of my whole being my true son the holiness of my spouse joseph might until now have detained thee in my company though unworthy of it i beseech thee by thy own goodness not to forsake me now receive me anew as thy servant and look upon the humble desires and longings of my heart the saviour of the world accepted this new offering of his most holy mother and he promised not to leave her until the time when obedience to his eternal father had obliged him to begin his life of public teaching teaching of mary the queen of heaven my dearest daughter it was not without special reason that thy heart was moved to great compassion and pity toward those who are at the point of death and that thou art inspired with a desire to help them in that hour for it is true as thou hast perceived that then the souls of men incur the most incredible and dangerous attacks from the demons as well as from their own frailty and from the creatures around them that hour is the great trial of life upon which depends the last sentence of eternal death or eternal life of eternal suffering or eternal glory as the most high has condescendingly vouchsafed to fill thee with these sentiments i exhort thee to exert all thy powers and faculties to act accordingly remember then my friend that when lucifer and his satellites of darkness perceive by the course of natural events 
that any one falls a prey to a dangerous and mortal disease they immediately prepare to assail the poor and unbewaring soul with all their malice and astuteness in order to vanquish them if possible by various temptations whenever they see an opening for attacking the souls they try to supply in fury and malice the shortness of time at such times they gather like bloodthirsty wolves and search out the natural and acquired failings in his nature taking into account his inclinations habits and customs and where his passions cause him greater weakness in order to direct toward this part the strongest battery and engines of war those that have a disorderly love of earthly life they persuade that there is not such great danger and they prevent others from unperceiving them those that have been negligent in the reception of the sacraments they try to make still more careless and they place obstacles and difficulties in the way in order that they may die without them or in order that they may receive them without fruit and with a bad disposition others they fill with false suggestions and shame in order that they may not confess their sins and open their conscience others they confuse and try to prevent from making proper restitution and thus unburdening their consciences others who love vanity they entangle even at that last hour in many vain and proud desires with regard to what is to be done for them after death those that have been avaricious or sensual they seek to excite violently toward what they have loved so blindly during life in short all of the bad habits and customs this cruel enemy avails himself in order to fill their minds with images of creatures and draw them away from their salvation or make them incapable of it all the sinful actions and vicious habits of their previous life have become as it were pledges in the hands of the common enemy for the possession of the sinner and weapons for assault and battery in this tremendous hour of death every appetite which has been inordinately indulged is an avenue or bypath by which he enters into the citadel of the soul once in he breathes forth his pestilential fumes and raises the clouds of darkness his proper work so that the soul may not give heed to the divine inspirations have no true sorrow for its sins and do no penance for its wicked life generally these enemies cause a great damage to the souls in that hour by exciting the vain hope of a longer life and being able to execute later on what god suggests to them by means of the holy angels giving way to this deceit they find themselves afterwards betrayed and lost just as great is the danger of those who have shown little esteem for the saving graces of the sacraments for this contempt is very offensive to the lord and to the saints and divine justice is wont to punish it by leaving these souls to their own wicked counsels this leads them to great neglect in profiting by this help thus they are themselves forsaken by the lord in their last hour in which they expected to provide for their salvation there are few among the just whom this ancient serpent does not furiously attack in their last agony and if satan boasts of having ruined even saints at such times what hope have the wicked the negligent and sinful who have spent their whole lives in making themselves unworthy of divine favor and grace and who are devoid of meritorious works to offset the assaults of their enemies my holy spouse saint joseph was one of those who enjoyed the privilege of neither seeing nor feeling the presence of the demon in his last hour for as soon as they approached to deal with him as they do with the rest of men they felt a powerful force 
which kept them at a distance, and the holy angels hurled them back into their abyss. Seeing themselves thus oppressed and crushed, they were seized with great uneasiness and confusion. Almost stupefied, Lucifer called a meeting of his followers in hell, in order to consult about this surprising event, and in order to have them once more search the earth for the Messiah, and then happened what thou shalt relate later on in its place. Hence thou wilt understand the great danger in the hour of death, when both the good works and the bad will begin to show their effects. I will not tell thee how many are thus lost, in order that thy sincere love of God may not cause thee to die of sorrow at this loss. But the general rule is, a good life gives hope of a good end. All other reliance is doubtful, and salvation resting upon it is very rare and merely accidental. The best precaution is to take a good start from afar, and therefore I admonish thee, that at the dawning of each day, when thou lookest upon the light, thou seriously consider whether it may not be the last of thy life, and if it should be the last, for thou dost not know, that thou place thy soul in such a state as to be able to meet death with a smiling face. Do not delay even for one instant sorrow for thy sins, and a firm purpose of confessing them, as soon as thou findest thyself guilty of any, and of amending the least of thy imperfections. In all this, be careful that thou leave not upon thy conscience the smallest defect, without being sorry for it, and without cleansing thyself by the blood of my most holy Son. Place thyself in such a condition, that thou art ready to appear before the just judge, who is to examine and judge thy least thoughts and all thy movements. In order that according to thy pious wishes, thou mayest help those who are in danger of death, thou shouldest give to others the same counsels that I have now given thee. Exhort them to lead a careful life in order to secure a happy death. Moreover, say some prayers for this intention every day of thy life, fervently asking the Almighty to disperse the deceits of the devils, to destroy the snares prepared against those who are in the throes of death, and that his right hand confound all the demons. Know that I have directed my prayers to that end for mortals, and in this I wish thee to imitate me. That thou mayest help them so much the more, I wish thee to order and command the demons to depart from the sick and stop their persecutions, and thou canst very efficaciously use this power, even when thou art absent from the sick, for thou art to command them in the name of the Lord, and thou art to compel them to obey thee for his greater honor and glory. When thy own religious are in danger of death, do thou, without exciting them, instruct them in what they are to do. Admonish them and help them to receive the holy sacraments, and see that they receive them frequently during life, in preparation for a good end. Seek to encourage and console them, speaking to them of the things of God, and his mysteries contained in the holy scriptures. Exhort them to awaken their good intentions and desires, and to prepare themselves to receive the light and the graces of the Most High. Excite them to hope, strengthen them against temptations, and teach them how they are to resist and overcome them, seeking to divine them before they themselves manifest them to thee. The Almighty will give thee an understanding of them, so that thou mayest apply the right medicine to each, for the infirmities of the soul are hard to diagnose and cure. All that I now tell thee, thou must execute as the most beloved daughter of the Lord and in his service, 
and I will procure for thee certain privileges for thyself, and for those thou desirest to aid in that terrible hour. Do not stint thy charity in these works, for thou shalt not work by thy own strength alone, but by the power which God wishes to exercise in thee for his own glory. End of chapter 15